The scripture reading today is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and have, having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. And for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. We find ourselves again amongst the Ephesians this week. Remember that uh, this book was written by Paul while he was in prison in Rome. It is believed that this book was written not long before his death. His death came just a few years after Peter, who was also a prisoner in Rome. And while thinking about all this, this Rome stuff, it had me really thinking about a trip that I took there and give you a little bit of history on that. A little over a year and a half ago, I was in Rome, and I had the unbelievable honor to see the places where Peter and Paul had spent some time in the city. Although there is not much evidence to support that they were ever in the city at the same time, there are several places that they both had been. For instance, a prison that was basically a deep hole that they were thrown into, with only a small opening at the top where scraps of food could be dropped. It was dark and wet and cold in that hole. There is a spot near the staircase in that prison that is marked off with an iron grate and a plaque that reads that Peter had hit his head on that spot as he was being taken down into the cell. Whether or not that's true, grain of salt. But it was still pretty amazing to even think that this is where Peter had been. That particular cell, however, was not where they spent the majority of their time while in prison. Most of the time, Paul was actually under house arrest and therefore able to continue writing to the churches that he had started during his journeys. Paul wrote from Rome that there was still a fight worthy of gearing up for, that it was no time to get scared away or to back, to the, back down to the old ways. 
Paul wrote this because there were still people in this world who were suffering. God's glory and ultimate rule cannot be taken away. It cannot be stopped. But the enemies of God have not yet surrendered their ground. It is with all of this in mind that we put on the full armor of God. When I was but a young maiden growing up in the Upper Peninsula, I attended the Fine Arts Week at Camp Michigami for about seven years. Each year we put on a musical, and we would get to camp on Sunday night, sight-read the music, practice four hours a day for the rest of the week, and perform to our parents the memorized music and script. One year, the songs we did, one of the songs we did was called Shoes. It had kind of a bluesy gospel tone to it, and it was fun to sing, and the lyrics were taken from this scripture. It's been about 20 years since I sang that song, so I can't remember every aspect, but we sang about putting on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, but we weren't fully dressed without our gospel shoes. We must walk in the footsteps of Jesus. The gospel must lead our steps. I give this warning a lot because it really needs to be given over and over. It is so important to read the Holy Scripture in the context in which it was written. It is so important to know not only historical context, but literary as well. Where, this, where does this story fit in the whole big story? What is behind it and what is in front of it? This scripture is one that is deserving of a lot of meditation and discernment. Because this story does present some challenges. To put on the armor of God does not mean that we should engage in the, the annihilation of other people. We should not oppress, we should not hate. But it means we will defend what needs defending. It means that when we are followers of Christ, we suit up and defend those that cannot defend themselves. We look to the injustices in the world and we see what we can do to put a stop to them. We protect the children of God from those who would cause them harm. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we put on the armor of God. Armor is for protection. Armor, when made correctly, is very nearly impervious. Its key function is to protect the vital parts of our, of our body from harm. It has to be created with strong materials. It has to be properly maintained so that it does not lose its strength. Thus, we have to put on the armor of God. We, in our Christian lives and in Christian ways, cannot be damaged. When our faith in Jesus Christ is strong and made of the best materials we have, and when it is maintained through prayer and good works, we are resistant to that which would cause us harm. The armor of God is described to the Ephesians with the use of actual pieces of first century armor. A belt not only for gathering the materials of the tunic, but for holding items and hooking items onto a breastplate to protect the whole body from assault, and so on. But the ar true armor of God is the practice of the new reality they know that has been created through Jesus Christ. God wins in ways that we could never imagine, in ways that might not even make sense. For instance, he brought peace 
through a violent crucifixion. The armor that is described is actually a crucial part of the gospel of peace. Many of you can no doubt attest to what it's like to be in the army or another branch of the military. Although personally I have never been in the armed forces, many family members have been, including my brother, who is still in the Navy. Most of what I know comes from secondhand stories, books, and one or two seemingly accurate movies and documentaries. But there is one thing that stands out when I hear the stories about what it was like in combat zones, and that is camaraderie. In most of the stories that I have been told, there is an underlying understanding that each member of the unit is a member of a family. And like family, no one is left to defend themselves alone. No one is left behind. Teams of people go in to find someone if they are somehow left behind. It is so in God's army. Dressing in the armor of God is not preparing yourselves for vigilante justice and battle. It is becoming part of the larger group. It means that you are strengthened by and with the other members of the group. Together we have the strength to live and love in peace with each other, sing the hymns of God, speak the truth, and forgive one another. Together we bring Christ into our homes and live lives worthy of being called disciples. It is about defending something that is worth preserving. Why are we fighting? What are we fighting against? Just because someone does not see things the same way you do does not make them evil or even an enemy. What then are the criteria for what we are fighting against? It's easy to assume that those that do not agree with us are fighting against us, that because they do, not, do, they do things differently, they cannot be people worthy of God's grace and mercy. So easily entire groups of human beings are dehumanized because they are perceived they are a perceived evil that perhaps only a few have shown. Quite often evil comes deceptive in deceptively attractive packages rather than the obviously repulsive ones. If it were all that simple, evil would have little to no foothold in the world today. God is the one who will ultimately defeat the forces that we are defending against. The church must be assigned to the world of God's promise that through Christ all things are possible, that through Christ there will be peace in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, my friends, is not somewhere over the rainbow. In a phrase uttered many times in the classrooms of a seminary, the kingdom of God is now and not yet meaning that around us are pieces of the kingdom. And when we find those pieces, we must defend them. We must fight for them. We must grow them. Through Christ, there will be, there will be peace in the kingdom that is here and the kingdom that has yet to come. The name of the musical I mentioned earlier was called God is in Control, and it could not be more fitting than right now. No matter what we face as congregations, as United Methodists, or even Christians, God is in control. We do not need to fear the present or the future. We have the armor of God, and we must stand firm and stand strong against anything that opposes God's peace, 
and the mercy and grace that God extends to each and every person who is able to hear it. Peter and Paul never took off the armor of God. Their faith in Jesus Christ was with them until their mortal ends, and I'm sure is still with them in heaven. They defended with their lives so many that were not able to defend themselves. They both provided us with strong materials to build up and maintain our own armor. They took the lessons of Jesus Christ and put them into practice. They lived the lives of Christian people, and they were not stopped by anything. Even in death, Peter and Paul showed just how important the armor of God is. Both men made very tragic and horrifying deaths. Peter was killed for entertainment in what was called the Circle of Nero. He was crucified, upside down at his own request. His body flung over the walls of the circle to the necropolis filled with other people who met similar fates. The spot where he was buried is now directly under the altar at St. Peter's Basilica within the Vatican. Paul was killed on the other end of town, just outside the walls of the city. He was killed for his crimes against the empire and was beheaded. Although the tomb is not in the exact place where he was killed, it is in a beautiful basilica with mighty statues and portraits of every pope that has served in the Catholic Church. The full armor of God, it protects us and it enables us to protect those that cannot protect themselves. We are protected by the righteousness of God We are armed with the sword of the Spirit, and we walk with the shoes of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stand firm, hold the line, and defend the truth of the kingdom of God. Amen.